Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is a creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show, and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with another episode of the Philippe Matthews Show. Uh, I have a good old friend back uh, with me, uh, with his dear old dad, his, uh, Michael Eisen, as well as his father, Jeffrey Eisen. Uh, as you know, Michael Eisen is the founder of the Youth Wellness Network. Uh, when we last talked, uh, he was preparing uh, to release a book uh, with his father, uh, called Empowered Youth, and they have done so, and they have done so very well. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell me about this book with your father, and then we'll get into some, you know, how this all came about. But what is it like writing and co-authoring a book with your dad? <laughs> well, it was it was a definitely an interesting journey, I'll tell you that much. Me and my dad... <laughs> We and my dad, we have a phenomenal relationship, and well, at least, you know, we, we we found there were some areas in our relationship when we started writing the book together that uh, that could be dusted off a little bit, and I think it was such a gift to be able to write this book with him because it allowed us to take a look at our relationship on a deeper level. Um, for the first few years of my transformation, I completely depended and relied on my dad for all sources of inspiration and knowledge and wisdom and over the past few years I've uh, really kind of became more of an independent person and my and, and my own man and, and as a result you know we realized that there was a little bit of some differences in the way that we uh, communicated certain things so mm-hmm. so uh, there, there definitely was some some challenges in writing it but as we worked through it uh, I ultimately believe that the, the end result was so much better than it would have been if it was just the, us writing it individually. Um, a lot of our relationship, as Michael had mentioned, was uh, teacher and student, and when we came together to write the book, um, we, we probably started with that unconscious uh, uh, energy that I was the teacher and he was the student, but it quickly became evident that we were both teachers, and we had to make a lot of adjustments, some adjustments, uh, so that we could realize that we were both teaching, we both had our nuances in how we like to teach, and we wanted to come across uh, in our teaching with, with one voice. Uh, you know, there's, there's nothing more um, cathartic and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, insightful than writing a book. Now, as you had mentioned, both of you are teachers, but uh, in another sense, I'm sure both of you also were students. What did you learn about yourselves and each other as a result of writing this book together? What, 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 and just the writing process, uh, what did you discover about yourself? Well, certainly uh, for me it was to be able to bring our relationship um, from uh, a father and son to one of equals. 
and so that there was a, a lot of emotional learning because on some levels I still am Michael's father. <laughs> and um, But as we were doing this project, it was about um, learning that you can have multiple relationships with an individual in your family or with anyone for that matter and to be able to try to keep those uh, straight and clear was a was a great learning experience for me. And for me, I realized that you know when I when I have a vision and and, and I'm determined to uh, to achieve that vision and that mission, I can often slip into a place of uh, the control freak, which is really quite interesting because when I was <laughs> when I was growing up, my dad was that persona towards me and. Mm-hmm. And we found that there were times when we were writing this book together and discussing it in that process that we we switched roles. I thought for sure it was my payback. Right <laughs> <laughs> now, Jeff, sure. Jeffrey, for you, you should be a very proud pop. I mean, you know, uh, it, it's just wonderful to see a father and son relationship uh, that went through some uh, turbulent times, as I think most. Uh, uh, would, would, uh, but um, to be able to see your son, uh, you know, come into his own, become his own man, uh, and to become a change agent in the world, that must feel pretty terrific. It's really quite amazing, and, and but I think what's even more amazing, and I think that comes out in the book, is because of our beginnings, because of our uh, our uh, origins of our relationship being at such odds and and, and me being uh, much more, as, as Michael quotes it, a my way or the highway kind of guy, mm-hmm. it's even more meaningful because we were able to bring our relationship to that point uh, of being at odds, uh, moving from being at odds to being best friends and working together. So yes, I'm I'm extremely proud. I think it's amazing, but it's even more amazing because it wasn't always that way. And I think that's what we want to get across in the book is that um, uh, I I think Michael refers to it as a do-over. I think that there's lots of opportunities for do-overs in family relationships and and hopefully this will inspire people to uh, uh, to look a little bit deeper into their relationship and realize that what they have, if they're not happy with, can be changed. So what makes this book, that, that's one of the things that make, makes this book unique. What are some of the other things that you think that, that makes this book very unique, uh, other than the fact that it's a father and son collaboration uh, yeah. and, and a healing? Well, I think I think one of the most unique parts about this book is that it is written from two voices, although in the process of, of writing it, we wanted to make sure that we were communicating a consistent message. We do write our story from two separate voices, so it gives the father's or the parent's point of view, and it gives the son's or, or the child's point of view. And I believe one of the most unique things about this book is that it's going to bridge the gap between parents and kids. I think there's a huge disconnect uh, that exists between parents and their children, uh, in the way that they communicate, in the way that they relate to each other, and ultimately leads to a relationship that that isn't necessarily the most fulfilling that it can be. So 
So I believe with our story, sharing it from two perspectives, the, the young people reading this book will re- instantly relate to my perspective and the adults will, in- will instantly relate to my father. But being able to see the other side of the coin is so important in dissolving conflict in any type of relationship, especially the parent-child relationship. The interesting thing as well, um, as well as what Michael's mentioned, is, and and this was where our great learning um, came from, telling our own individual story was pretty simple. But getting together for the wisdom and and sharing that wisdom and sharing the teachings, that had to come from one voice. And that is where we had to go through our stuff. The the energy of that teaching, the, the fact that that teaching is agreed upon by Michael and myself. There's, there's not one piece of teaching in that book that we don't both 100% agree with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really important is we've got a 27-year-old son and a 60-year-old father, and the wisdom that they're sharing is totally agreed upon. And so if we can come together, then anybody can come together. Well, absolutely, and so uh, the book is entitled Empowered Youth, but it's not just uh, about or for the youth. Is that correct? Correct. It's for it, To me, it's, it's for the primary audience is adults, parents, educators, anybody who has a, a, a child or a young person in their lives, and, mm-hmm. and the secondary audience is, in fact, the uh, youth, young people uh, who are interested in reading this book. It's it's a book about uh, about empowering the next generation, about coming together, and, and I think one of the most important things is to mention is that in youth, the the Y O U is capitalized, and what we want to accomplish by making it that way is stating that if we want to empower youth, we need to live the empowered you first. And I think that's the most important part. It's it's difficult, and and when you see the book cover, you'll realize that that it is uh, more than just the title, Empowered Youth, that you being capitalized is a very, very important principle. Both of us realize uh, in our individual relationships and our collective relationship that Mm -hmm. we need to be empowered. I'm repeating what Michael said, but that empowered you is the most important part. And by empowering yourself as a parent, as an individual, as someone uh, who hopes to be married and hopes to have kids someday, no matter where you are in society, it is the empowering of the you that will lead to the empowering of the next generation. And that's the critical part of this, is although the, the hope is that that next generation will become empowered, the only way to do so is for people to work on themselves first. I like this. So it's more than just a father and son story uh, and a catharsis and and uh, a reflection. It's 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 also about personal self empowerment and tools and practical principles as well. I, I like that a lot. Hundred percent. And that's what a lot of the teachings are. What um, what we wanted to do uh, was make sure that uh, there was enough specific. Uh, practices and techniques. So um, the the uh, back part of the book, uh, a back section is called resources, where we both work diligently. Michael's a little better at it than I am. We work diligently uh, by taking all of the principles of conscious living that we believe in and developing uh, very practical techniques and practices that will help other people. Um, um, 
get to that empowered you state. Now, you also in the book, um, I mean, you address some very heavy things, uh, you know, dealing with, you know, bullying that's on the rise. And, uh, you know, how, how do you talk about that uh, from both perspectives, from being a parent, from being the one uh, who is being bullied? What are, what are your uh, guidelines uh, in the book on that? Well, from my perspective, I think first and foremost, being one who uh, firsthand experienced a lot of that uh, that treatment and that that uh, that behavior, I was being I was bullied for the majority of my childhood. Um, so there's that instant relatability, and, uh, and personally, I believe the solution to bullying is. Uh, is increasing our self-esteem and increasing our self-worth and increasing our self-love. I think the only reason that that behavior continues to be an epidemic amongst young people in our society is there's this inherent lack of self-worth and self-love. And I think we get that, and it's interesting we touch on this in our story. We, we start to actually lose our self-worth and our self-esteem from the moment that we hear the word no, from the moment that we hear you have to do it this way or you have to follow these rules. And a lot of that actually comes in our early years from our parents, albeit unconsciously. And then ultimately it starts this journey where we start to actually try to reclaim our self-worth later on in more of our teenage years, and we try to reclaim that self-worth from the very same people who actually stripped it away from us in the first place. My, mm-hmm. belief, my belief system is that we're all born in, into the, these bodies, into these lives, with an, a natural ability to love and value and respect ourselves. And so ultimately, through our story and through our principles, we believe that we are actually guiding people to get back in touch with that natural ability. And as a result of displaying that on a consistent basis, we believe that bullying will start to diminish. Just an aside from that, which was very, very uh, uh, interesting, is as we were writing the book, uh, as Michael mentioned, our personal stories were uh, written separately uh, from uh, each of our own perspectives. Um, And this, by the way, this book was really a a family project because uh, Michael's sister and my daughter, uh, Haley, was the editor and just did a great job uh, helping us uh, in, in the editing process. And it was really fascinating that Michael, myself, and Haley would read parts of the book about the other person and say, gee, I didn't know he was going through that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, for example, in that bullying, um, nice. we as parents did not realize uh, what, a, what an effect that had on Michael uh, because sometimes that communication when Michael was going through what he was going through uh, was a little different and obviously our perspective was a bit different. So so one of the things, uh, you know, I think when it comes to bullying that I would give advice to parents is really listen to your kids and understand their perspective and encourage them to tell you what's going on in their life because it took uh, writing that book for me to find out some of the things that were going on in Michael's uh, uh, life, um, you know, uh, 10, 12, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, you uh, uh, you got Louise Payne uh, to write the foreword for your book, which is absolutely huge. How did you guys pull that off? Philippe, I think we might have lost you. Yeah, no, can you hear me? Yeah, okay, we're good. 
Yeah, I said you guys got Louise Hay to uh, do the forward for your book, which is huge. How did you pull that off? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, to tell, I guess, the the abbreviated version of that story, I went to a Movers and Shakers event, which is an event that Hay House runs for up-and-coming speakers and authors, uh, just over two years ago. And uh, I ended up... uh, getting called out in the middle of the of the conference by Cheryl Richardson, somebody, uh, an author, best-selling author, uh, speaker, who was running that course um, and was curious because I had actually posted on her Facebook page the night before to let her know about the work I was doing. We ended up having this really awesome conversation which caught Louise's eye, uh, and I found out that Louise was very passionate about connecting uh, with young people and and sharing uh, her life's teaching with the next generation but had no idea how. And so we got talking and uh, one thing led to the next. We exchanged email addresses, uh, stayed in touch for about eight months and then I found myself in a meeting with Louise and Reed Tracy, the president of Hay House, um, and was just telling them all the stuff that I was up to and happened to mention an idea that me and my dad had previously discussed, which was working with parents and kids at the same time. And Reed just loved the idea and said, well, but we want you to write a book for us. And so that's the story of how we got the book to write and uh, how the book was written. And uh, Louise has been a supporter of the work that I've been doing with young people um, for the past couple of years, and I'm extremely grateful for it. And uh, she graciously wrote the, the foreword to help introduce us to the world, I guess. Oh, that's fantastic. Fantastic. So let's go back a little bit um, and talk about how all of this came to be. Uh, now, Jeffrey, you were a coach, um, a life coach. Is that correct? Well, um, that is my uh, my my recent uh, calling, but uh, for the first uh, 50 years of my life, uh, certainly for the last, um, uh, for about 33 of those, uh, I was in a family business. I was Mr. Corporate. I was uh, uh, type A driven, uh, businessman, uh, probably I would say just about totally opposite to how I have been in the last 10 years. Wow. And it is that transformation that really allowed our relationship to uh, to really uh, come together and, and and that's the essence of the story is that I think our relationship our whole family dynamic was very 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 typical of so many people uh, in in Western uh, civilization I worked hard I had beliefs where I had to be perfect where I had to uh, prove myself mm-hmm. uh, and I, I instilled those conditioned beliefs on my children uh, I've apologized to uh, to all of them, I have three children, uh, for telling them those lies and have, have asked them to please forgive me as they unlearn all of that stuff that I taught them uh, that obviously I came to realize did not serve me very well and uh, have encouraged them uh, to find their, uh, their own journey of self-discovery and, and find their own happiness. That's so what brought you to the path? What, what uh, caused you to make that radical shift? Well, well, what I went through, uh, you know, that happened at about 50 years of age, and I know a lot of people of my generation that as they get into their 40s and their early 50s, there comes that time where they feel that something is missing. Uh, Mine was uh, 
uh, egged on a little bit by uh, uh, some health issues and health issues of my other son uh, who wound up having uh, uh, ulcerative colitis and having his entire colon taken out. A week later I had a piece of my small intestine taken out and it was at that a time that I started to realize uh, whatever I'm doing it's not working because I may have attained a certain success based, by, uh, based on societal standards but I was not a happy camper and mm. it, it was those uh, challenges in my life at that time that uh, caused a bit of an awakening and allowed me or, or encouraged me to go on an unbelievably uh, intensive journey of self-discovery I loved what I learned so much that I became a life coach and I became sharing it with whoever I could and one of the first people that came along that wanted me to share it with them was my son Michael and, uh, and that was really the beginning of this new relationship and this book. How was that? That's incredible, uh, Jeffrey. Thank you for sharing that. How was that for you, Michael? Um, being able to receive your father, I mean, because you had uh, some uh, resentments uh, or just, you know, what, what, just the antagonism of between, uh, you know, father and son uh, at that age. Uh, how did you uh, come to recognize your father, uh, your, you know, his his new his new self? How did that happen for you? Well, I, I happen to be in, in a breakdown state myself, and uh, I was I was 19 years old. I was in my second year of university. I was uh, experiencing depression and uh, sickness, and um, I dug myself a very deep hole. And so there there was something inside of me that said, "This can't be it. There's got to be something else." So I was open enough to uh, to know that. I was ready for something different and it was actually witnessing the changes that he made in his life that inspired me to say well you know this guy is showing up in my life completely different like I think how uh, I became open enough to actually join uh, this new relationship as coach and student was because he seemed like a completely different person like it didn't mm. it didn't seem like the same old dad that that you know we were almost like worst enemies the first 18 years of my life he was completely different he was empowering me he was compassionate he was understanding he was listening um, and it ultimately made me feel safe and, and comfortable and it allowed us to build this new trust in our relationship very easily because of what he showed me not it, it wasn't not only how he showed up and how he communicated to me was how I actually saw him living his own life. That really was the icing on the cake. That said, okay, well, if he's putting this to practice, if he can do this at 51, I got to be able to do this at 19. Mm-hmm. Michael always, uh, always used to quote something that I said uh, as he was growing up, and I would always say to him, Michael, you got to meet me halfway. Um, but his perception of that is that I wasn't willing to move at all, and I expected him to move the whole way. Uh, that wasn't just a perception. That was that was pretty true. <laughs> maybe, just maybe. <laughs> so I think as I began to shift, Michael realized that I did come the halfway. I probably came more than halfway, and that was 
the inspiration for him to say, well, if he can now come that halfway or more, then I can as well. And that's, I'm going to bring that back to the title of the book, Empowered Youth, with a capital Y-O-U. I really, really encourage parents to uh, own the responsibility and, and not dump it on their kids for the shifts that they need to make in their life to be mm-hmm. able to show up fully as human beings and as parents. Because by doing so, we move away from, uh, from that uh, do as I say, not as I do, to a, a much different philosophy that says, if I can do it, you can do it too. Absolutely. I, I so love this, what you guys are doing, I mean, just to be able to have a model, a father-son model out there to heal father-son relationships, I think is incredible. Now, in the uh, nonprofit, do you guys have a program where you work with uh, parents or father and sons, or are you developing something? What do you have that's uh, an experiential uh, extension uh, of the book? Well, something we got in the works, uh, and it hasn't fully been developed yet, and we're still experimenting with, are we going to do it online? Are we going to do it in person? Um, but our vision is, is to run a program called Creating the Empowered Family. And ultimately, what we vision with that program is to work with both parents and teenagers at the exact same time. And we have it based on a three-step process where the first step is living the empowered you, where I would work with the teenagers and my dad would work with the parents. Uh, And the next step is understanding each other. So I would actually work with the parents in bridging the gap in understanding the child's perspective, and my father would do the same with, with the teenagers from the parents' perspective. And then the last part, the third step, is the most powerful where we bring everybody together And it's all about how do we empower each other on a daily basis in our relationship. And we walk them through various different scenarios and role plays and really start coaching them through how they can connect, communicate, and relate with one another from a place of empowerment. And uh, so that's something that we're we're currently working on. Um, I also uh, am creating an online program called the YWN Ambassadors, and it's going to be... Uh, launched in late October, and that's going to be uh, part of the training that I do in the schools. I'm bringing it online, and it's for anybody between the ages of 11 to 25. And it's it's launching, I believe, the last week of October, the intro program. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you can you can find out more information on that in, in the next few months. Uh, you can either go to my website, youthwellnessnetwork.ca, or the direct link to the website is ywnambassadors.com to find out about that training. And then my dad. And and the other thing that we're doing is coinciding with um, uh, the release of the book is not only are we doing interviews with people like you, but we hope to go on a speaking tour. We are available to any organization or group uh, that wants to bring us in. I think uh, having the two of us standing up together on the stage Sharing our stories um, will inspire uh, both uh, young people uh, and parents uh, to be able to uh, to realize that they can embark on this journey and, and make the changes in their life. And I just want to give a nice plug to my dad because he's very modest. He's by far the best life coach I've ever experienced. 
uh, and I might be a little biased, but I have <laughs> I have been coached by multiple coaches and seen different healers and et cetera. And you know, it's 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 it, my dad's intuitive ability to really get to the root of what it is that you are experiencing and providing these massive mental and emotional shifts in your mm-hmm. life that ultimately allows you to break through any of those barriers. So he is a fantastic life coach and always is available for, uh, for one-on-one sessions. Thank you. And, and, and I guess that really sort of sums up where we've come from because uh, Michael has his uh, youth wellness uh, network organization where he's working with young people. I have my coaching practice. And, um, uh, and, and I do workshops and keynotes and I work with the people that I work with and yet we come together and work with uh, young people and, and older people or parents together. So I think it's really kind of neat that we're able to create our own individual uh, work that we do uh, with people as well as coming together and uh, as a father and son act uh, where we work with, uh, with, with joint groups. So uh, it's really exciting to us because uh, we can cover all the bases that way. Well, it is absolutely exciting uh, to, uh, you know, I'm, complete, I'm in complete receivership of it. Uh, I think it's something that uh, is so needed, so necessary, uh, and uh, it's, been, it's been really needed a long, long time. Uh, and so I think you guys are getting ready, you know, pack your lunch, uh, taking plenty of vitamins, uh, you're going to be on the road. You're going to be in big demand uh, with this. Uh, and I think you're just going to heal a lot of lives and a lot of families. Uh, with that being said, uh, last question I want to want to uh, ask of you guys is uh, for uh, fathers uh, and sons and even mothers uh, and, and, and sons and daughters, how do you uh, with this work, with this book, how do you just begin the conversation? Because, you know, a lot of families uh, have a lot of resentment, and uh, they're stubborn, and sometimes you just end up shutting down. What what uh, uh, advice would you give for just starting the conversation? I think uh, I think one of the most important things to to start that conversation in that relationship um, is each individual to show up from a place of of practicing understanding one another's perspective. I think it's personally I believe the one of the root causes of all conflict in the family is our inability to uh, see what's going on from another person's perspective. I ultimately believe that is actually rooted in our lack of self-worth and self-esteem because we want to be right. My dad actually always used to ask me in those first few coaching sessions, Michael, do you want to be right or do you want to be free? And my heart always, mm-hmm. my, my heart always chose to be free. And ultimately what I would encourage parents and kids who are just starting on this journey and, and starting to come into this conversation um, is, well, number one, you know, know that you can't change anybody else. You need to do the work on yourself. But number two, if you want to start coming together and start communicating in a more authentic way, practice really putting yourself in the shoes of the other person. Practice really becoming aware that sometimes it's our tendency to make our perspective the perspective, to make mm-hmm. to make our way the way. And ultimately, that will only lead you to more pain, discomfort, and conflict. 
step out of your own shoes, see things from another vantage point, get an understanding of what the other person is going through. As Stephen, mm-hmm. as Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand before you're understood. I mean, mm-hmm. I believe that is a fundamental practice that needs to be put into place um, if parents and kids are going to come together. And in order to do that, I would say one of the foundations, one of the pieces of advice that I would give uh, the young people uh, and the parents is, is, is one of personal responsibility. Stop the blaming, stop the complaining, stop the procrastinating, quit making excuses, own what's going on in your life, okay? It's not the parents that you blame if you're the young person. It's not the kids that you blame if you're the parent. Own the fact that we create, we have the power to respond in any way that we want. And I, I do some work with, uh, with couples as well. And that's one of the things that I, I work with where, you, where I encourage people to stop blaming the spouse for what they're not doing in the relationship and start owning personal responsibility in terms of what you can do. So as a parent, what can you do if your kid's rebelling? As a, as a youth, what can you do if your parents aren't listening to you? Own that personal responsibility, and from that foundation, as Michael said, you will start to develop a better understanding of where the other person is coming from. 